0: Hi, it's Casey. Thank you for shining on today. I'm learning new words like nootropics. Julie Morris is here with food that helps our brains, smart plants.
1: Natural nootropics are like the superfoods of the brain performance world. So, nootropics are these brain boosting, cognition enhancing substances that can improve the way you think, improve the way you feel, and improve the way you function all about side effects. All right. I should mention real quick here that the traditional category of nootropics covers everything ranging from special types of herbs to some man-made chemical formulas, but the natural nootropics that we talk about in smart plants are the powerful substances always derived directly from nature that okay. have the same brain-boosting properties.
0: Nootropics, I wasn't even saying it right, but this is why my nephew um, got me some of these Mushroom pills, right? Is that. Oh,
1: yes. <laughs> is that. Yes. Am I on the mushroom right path? Pill. Okay. You yeah. are. So uh, that sounds great to me. <laughs> Your nephew's a good man. <laughs> yeah, he
0: is. He told
1: me these are keep
0: keep you up and make you smart, in Casey. Um, what else should we have in our cupboards? Talk to me about some of these superfoods.
1: So some of the natural nootropics that we can consume are, are actually really everyday foods that uh, are just nootropics in disguise, like blueberries, blackberries, strawberries, really any type of edible berry. These are some of the most readily available nootropics that are out there, they're easy to use, and they've been extremely well studied for their effects, positive effects, on learning and memory. Certainly, medicinal mushrooms are another one, incredibly beneficial. These you probably won't find fresh because they're things like reishi and lion's mane, but they're pretty easy to find in powdered form. They don't have much of a taste to them, which means they're very simple to add to pretty much any type of recipe you're making, whether it's something Fancy like a beautiful soup or stew or something very simple like a smoothie. And these lion's mane mushrooms, for uh, just as an example, uh, have so many different properties on the brain, including enhancing attention and overall cognition, helping better brain cell communication, and so much more. There's so many exciting natural nootropics. I think that's what makes it so thrilling. It's a little bit of a choose-your-own-adventure brain Boosting diet.
0: So I'm thinking moms and dads should be throwing blueberries in the kids' breakfast before they send them off to school, right?
1: Do you know there was actually a study a few years ago that did just that? And it found that children who had more berries had uh, correspondingly better attention span and better learning. Really, really cool stuff. Of course, it works for adults too, but a great nootropic to have children enjoy and and set them off on the right foot in the morning
0: all right smart plants power foods and natural nootropics for optimized thinking focus and memory is the book from julie morris and on the cover some beets and avocados and carrots but when you look inside you find things like Shisandra, the focus berry tell us about this
1: Shizandra is an amazing berry that's been used for thousands of years in traditional Chinese medicine. And it's a really interesting berry. Actually, it has five flavors to it. So it actually hits all of the five flavor notes. So it's a really interesting, uh, delicious thing to add to many recipes as well. But it is extremely good for focus and attention span. That's what it's been the most studied for. And it's one of these types of nootropics where you actually don't even need to use it over a long period of time to get the benefits. Just even once or or twice during the week can help boost your brain performance.
0: All right, and I said that wrong too. How did you say, Shisandra, Shisandra?
1: Shazandra. Shazandra. Okay. Like shazam, like, like magic trick.
0: That's one of my favorite words, shazam. Okay. How do I find this? Do I buy the berry? Do I buy... What do I, what do I look for?
1: If you can find the berry, kudos to you. Um, it, it's probably best to just buy it either in a powdered form, which you can use in recipes. And this is something that you can find at natural food stores, or it's an easy thing to find online. Just Google it and your favorite natural retailer will have it. Or if you're not really of the cooking mindset, no worries. You can take it as a supplement as well.
0: Okay. Do do you have any teas in here? Because I can make tea.
1: Yes. Well, I have lattes. I actually have that recipe section called rituals and these are really intended to be daily recipes that are really easy to make and offer the maximum amount of brain boosting benefits. They're actually strategically designed, each one, to include nootropics that have certain types of benefits like better memory, better mood, more calm, more creative flow. And so I have like a perfect matcha latte in there for example. I have a delicious happy cacao drink Drink, like a warm cacao drink. I have a chai latte in there. And all of these are really boosted using nootropics, but they taste so delicious. And you'll get a kind of mental focus and clarity that's very different from coffee. It's mm. a fun experiment just to try in yourself.
0: That sounds great. I'm going to try one more. Ashwagandha.
1: Ashwagandha, you nailed Yay. it. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. What does that do? One of the reasons why I love ashwagandha so much is because uh, it's so perfect for the busy, modern culture that we live in right now, this go, go, go culture. Uh, It's a root, um, but it's it's an adaptogen, a very powerful one that helps you respond to stress and helps you adapt to your environment. And it has been shown to help bring down elevated levels of cortisol. So it's used a lot to help to reduce anxiety, boost mood, promote better quality sleep, and this is really cool. It can actually help you make brand new shiny brain cells through increasing the production of a substance called brain-derived neurotrophic factor, BDNF which leads to neurogenesis. It's like fertilizer for your brain. It's one of the best tools you can use in this modern-day epidemic of just burnout and overwhelm. I know I take it.
0: Beautiful. Julie Morris, Smart Plants. Where do we go for more information?
1: You can go to mysmartplants.com, and there you can actually join our free 7-Day Smart Plants Challenge, where you can get instant access to a week's worth of smart tools totally free. It's at MySmartPlants.com.
0: That's Julie Morris. Her book is called Smart Plants. Makes me want to take a trip to the health food store and get some roots and berries. Next, I'd like you to lean in and turn the radio up because Dr. Michael Greger is here and he is a fast talker. But when we're talking about health, he's written the book, How Not to Die. And he's back now with How Not to Diet. He's a good guy. Founder of NutritionFacts.org, where he is giving away all his knowledge. And this is one great big book, Dr. Greger.
2: I mean, that's actually a concern. There's so much density. That's why I really tried to chop up the book into little subsections. So you could, you know, anything you're particularly interested in, uh, you know, uh, intermittent fasting or keto diet or anything, you can go right to that section and kind of use it as a reference book of, you know, all the best science on weight loss.
0: Yeah. I bet your editor or publisher or whomever is telling you, you can't make a book that big.
2: Are they? <laughs> no. In fact, right, it's funny. My literary agent said, no no one wants a fat diet book. <laughs> <laughs> they want it as slim as they imagine their future selves to be. But I at mean, least <laughs> I couldn't help it. There's just so much good information out yeah. there. And look, with so much nutritional noise and nonsense these days, I just wanted there to finally be right. an evidence-based diet book. And I cite literally thousands of studies digging up every possible you know tip, trick, tweak technique, proven to accelerate the loss of body fat, uh, to give people every possible advantage and basically you know, build the optimal weight loss solution from the ground up.
0: Let's talk about some of the nonsense that's out there. What are some of the ideas we can just put away for good?
2: Oh my God, there's just so much. Uh, so, much. well, you know, I mean, it, something that really surprised me, actually, um, is this concept that, you know, a calorie is a calorie. In medical school, we were taught calories from one source just as fattening as a calorie from any other. But it turns out a calorie is not just a calorie. You know, 100 calories of, you know, chickpeas has a different impact than 100 calories of chicken or chicklets uh, based on the different impacts on factors like absorption and appetite or microbiomes, different foods rev up or down your appetite. And it's not what you eat, it's what you absorb. But even if you eat and absorb the same amount of calories, a calorie may still not be a calorie. The same number of calories eaten at a different time of day or in a different meal distribution or after different amounts of sleep can translate into different amounts of body fat. So, So it's not just what we eat but how and when
0: should we eat higher calories earlier in the day what's the time factor oh exactly
2: yeah um so uh, for example i recommend people stop eating after 7 p.m because of our circadian rhythms food eaten at night is more fattening than the exact same food eaten earlier in the day so the fewer calories after sundown the better
0: everybody's fasting i don't think they know what they're doing can you tell them Mm -hmm. what to do
2: yeah, no, so um, the, there's lots of types of intermittent fasting. I go through each one of them, alternate-day fasting, five-two fasting, 25-5, five, on and on and on. Um, the one type of fasting that's actually beneficial um, and has been proven to be beneficial is early-time-restricted feeding. So that means limiting your feeding daily feeding window to under 12 hours um, so you give your body kind of rest for the other half of the day. Um, and then earlier, the better. So we, uh, if you're going to skip any meal, you'd be skipping supper, not breakfast, We want to front-load our calories towards the beginning of the day, Uh, breakfast like a king, lunch like a prince, uh, dinner like a pauper.
0: Okay, so if I have dinner at 5 o'clock, I shouldn't eat again until?
2: You shouldn't eat again until, uh, until breakfast. So uh, avoiding night eating, critically important. Okay. And then have a big breakfast the next day um, uh, centered around the healthiest foods out there. So we're talking about real food that go out of the ground, uh, you know, natural foods from fields, not factories, a uh, diet centered around whole plant foods.
0: A lot of people, you mentioned absorption before, a lot of people aren't absorbing the nutrients they should because of their uh, microbiome. What things should we be avoiding and what things should we be embracing when it comes to a healthy gut?
2: Yeah, so uh, it's critically important to have a healthy gut flora, not just for bowel regularity, which is what we used to think, but uh, also important for immunity, even mental health, anti-inflammatory health with, you know, conditions like asthma. Uh, By feeding our good gut bugs, what do they eat? They eat prebiotics, which is fiber and resistant starch found in all whole plant foods, but concentrated in whole grains and legumes, which are beans, bookbees, chickpeas, and lentils. These are our healthiest foods to, uh, to foster a slimming microbiome.
0: Will you please explain to me why, when my gut is healthy, that my asthma goes away?
2: that's that's exactly because the short-chain fatty acids. Um, we feed our gut bugs. They feed us right back. Um, they produ- We uh, we eat fiber. And they produce these short-chain fatty acids after they eat the fiber, which are then absorbed from our colon into our bloodstream, circulate throughout our bodies, end up in our lungs as well as our brain, and down-regulated inflammation, actually, um, uh, turn down uh, the uh, inflammatory meat eaters, which are produced by these white blood cells in our airways that um, worsen asthma. That's why you take... People randomize them to eat, uh, you know, half of them to eat more fruits and vegetables, and you can significantly improve their asthma, not just subjective complaints, uh, people feeling better, but actually put it to the test and actually show improved lung function, just eating more healthy foods, and we think it's because of this critical microbiome connection.
0: Yeah, I wasted years with allergy shots, and, and all I had to do was really change my diet.
2: Um, Amazing. Oh, congratulations.
0: Thank you. Diet trumps genes.
2: Oh, well, I mean, uh, uh, you know, certainly uh, genes can kind of load the gun, but it's the, it's the lifestyle that really pulls the trigger. And so, for example, and you may have heard about the so-called fat gene, the FTO gene, accounts for less than 1% of body weight, of differences in body weight between different people. You add up all the genetic factors we know to date, and we're only talking about um, uh, less than 3% of any uh, differences between people it comes out to just be a few calories a day, whereas what to the obesity epidemic were hundreds of calories a day difference. And so it's really what we eat. And then there are so-called epigenetic differences. We can turn genes on and off depending on our diet and lifestyle. So really, um, when people say you know obesity runs in their families, well, t- crummy diets tend to run in people's families too. But that's the good news is that we have tremendous control over our health and destiny and longevity. The vast majority of premature death and disability is preventable with a plant-based diet and other healthy lifestyle behaviors. Beautiful. What did you have for breakfast today? Oh, oh my God. This is a tough day because I have all these interviews. Um, and actually just got home last night to start my speaking tour. So I'm um, just uh, uh, gnawing on a leftover microwave sweet potato that I had. i um, uh, left over on airline snacks. But uh, as soon as I settle in and recuperate, I will get back to eating healthier.
0: And where can we go for more information?
2: You can go to nutritionfacts.org, free nonprofit, science-based, public service, no ads, completely free. In fact, I should note, I don't receive a penny from my books either. All proceeds I receive from my books are donated to charity. I just want everyone to have access to this life-changing, life-saving information.
0: Dr. Michael Greger, his book, How Not to Diet. And if you have any respiratory issues, clean up your diet and see what happens. I want you to listen to this piece again
2: chain fatty acids um, we feed our gut bugs they feed us right back we eat fiber they produce these short chain fatty acids after they eat the fiber which are then absorbed from our colon into our bloodstream circulate throughout our bodies end up in our lungs as well as our brain and down regulate inflammation actually um, uh, turn down uh, the uh, inflammatory mediators which are produced by these white blood cells in our airways that um, worsen asthma that's why you take people randomize them to eat uh, you know half of them to eat more fruits and vegetables And you can significantly improve their asthma, not just subjective complaints, uh, people feeling better, but actually put it to the test and actually show improved lung function, just eating more healthy foods. And we think it's because of this critical microbiome connection.
0: Yeah, he just talks so fast. Dr. Michael Greger, he wrote How Not to Die. This is How Not to Diet. It's a very cool reference book. And also go to nutritionfacts.org where he's just given everything away. Fiber, short-chain fatty acids, get into the lungs, lower inflammation. I don't understand it. I just can tell you, it works. Dr. Michael Greger, thank you. And now that we're eating more fruits and vegetables and taking nootropics, it's time to move that body. We're talking to Kelly McConnegal Ph.D. She is the author of The Joy of Movement. And yes, she does like jazzercise. Thank you very mm-hmm. much. What is your uh, exercise of choice these days? You know, I do. So I teach
3: group dance classes, and to me, there's a very specific joy. Psychologists call it collective joy that comes when you're moving together in a group, often to amazing music. For me, it just it's a wonderful way to celebrate life. I love teaching dance, and I love taking dance classes, and I love how music can make us feel different emotions and allow us to express different emotions. Um, but I also love yoga and I love kickboxing. Different forms of movement give you access to different parts of your personality. Um, And I'm always encouraging people because there's a version of of any movement form that works for whatever your physical capabilities are today. You know, in the book, I talk about a dance class for people with Parkinson's disease, for example. Um, And I always encourage people to look for the form of movement that inspires them or that reminds them of a part of themselves they want to feel or to develop and then find the community that fits where you are in your life right now.
0: All right. Talk to people who haven't exercised or moved their little behinds up off the couch in a long, long time.
3: Yeah. Well, first of all, the good news is there's like no dose that's too small and there's no level of effort you need to exert in order to get some benefit. This can literally be stand up, do a few stretches. You know, for the book, I talked to someone who trained himself just to be able to walk to the end of his hallway, um, which was a real milestone for him in his state of mind and his physical condition. So you can always start where you are and trust that your brain and body have a capacity to learn from that experience and be changed in positive ways from it. And I also encourage people to pair movement with something they already love because exercise enhances other pleasures. So maybe it's going outdoors. Maybe it's spending time with people you care about spending time with your pet or your kids. Um. Maybe it is getting that amazing playlist together. Um, maybe it's about doing something good in your community. Maybe it's gardening. There's a lot of ways to use your body that are good for your health and that can actually help you experience other things in your life that bring you joy and meaning.
0: Absolutely. How exercise helps us find happiness, hope, connection, and courage, the joy of movement. Kelly McConigle, talk to us about the days where we're just not feeling it. We don't want to put those shoes on, those sneakers, those hiking boots, whatever.
3: So I'll tell you a secret. Almost everyone feels that every day, even people like me who love exercise. And what you have to do is learn to trust that... How you feel when you aren't moving is not how you will feel once you've begun. And if you can just begin, the transformation happens almost immediately, and it's so much easier to keep going. So you need to remember how you felt when you finished the last time, like when you were in that cycling class, and use that memory to fuel you to get past what what everyone feels, that kind of inertia to get going.
0: Yeah. We have a guy that steps by with uh, little meditations, and he always says, Do the thing and get the power. You know, once you do it, you have the power to continue to do it. All right, Kelly, what else do our listeners need to know this morning? Well, you know, I think one of the other things I'm
3: really trying to highlight in this book is that the joys of movement are not reserved for people who fit the stereotypical definition of fit or fitness, and that actually, as we get older, our brains get even more responsive to the benefits of exercise, um, and that... You know, in the book, I describe communities and individuals who are dealing with really big physical and mental health challenges. And uh, sometimes I think it can seem like we're talking to the person who could go out and run a marathon tomorrow. But I'm really talking to the person who who wants more joy or needs more hope and to know that that's exactly who's going to benefit from from any form of movement then you can start where you
0: are. That's Kelly McGonigal. The Joy of Movement is her book. We also heard from Dr. Michael Greger, How Not to Diet, and Julie Morris with Smart Plants. And I'm happy we have just enough time for a Steve Quinn meditation who can help us look at life in a new way.
4: This meditation is about correct reasoning and it will lead to an increase in value. Think for a moment. Take a breath if you like and scan the interior of your body. Think of everything in your body, your heart, your lungs, your intestines, your bones, your feet. Feel your body. Now picture and think of all the things that you have. Your home, if you have one, your car, your stuff. The people that are part of your life. Now take it a step further. Think about all the things you know. All the words, the facts, the references. You know about giant sequoia trees and great blue whales. You know about all kind of things. And whatever your specialty in life, you probably know things about that that most others don't know. Now think about all the things you don't know. In the huge universe, all the stuff that there is to know. All the ingredients in the infrastructure of creation. Now think, for a moment, about your troubles, your stresses, your worries, your big problems. And now, imagine for a moment that there was nothing. Not even you. That you had not even the consciousness to be aware of anything. That you just simply didn't exist. Now come back in and think again about all those things. The good, the bad, the ugly, everything that's part of your life. And have a value for it. Oftentimes, the painful parts of life are where we grow the most. So have a value for those things, cherish them. When you look back on your life, it's often the painful things that have caused you to move on the most. So have a moment, scan through your life neutrally, see it all, and just simply have a value for it.
0: That's Steve Quinn. He's an energy healer, he does great work, especially with people who have addictions. You can find out more at QuitWithQuinn.com. His name is Steve Quinn. My name is Casey. Thank you for tuning in to Shine On, the Health and Happiness Show. I've been doing this for more than 10 years, and I'm doing lots of other things, too. Inspirational speaking, invite me to your seminar, come to one of mine. I have a weekend retreat coming up the final weekend of this month, Leap Weekend, in February, February 28, 29, and March 1st at Marriandale.com. That's a great women's retreat, the third annual, and I would be so happy to see you there. I have three more one-day retreats coming up at Garrison before we get into the summer retreats at Garrison and at Graymore, So check it out at Casey.co K-A-C-E-Y dot C-O. I'm also having a party in Cold Spring to talk about the business of let it shine. We are gathering love and giving it away. Co. has more. Thank you for listening, and it's time for our thought of the day. And it's from the Dalai Lama who said, Happiness is the highest form of health. Shana.